When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, baby. Tom Bernard Morning Show here broadcasting live from the studios. And I'm not stalling looking for content at all. I have some content for you. Okay, cool. So I saw a good buddy of mine yesterday. We were talking. He's a teacher. Ooh. Um, Teaches what? Literature. English. What grade? Seventh. Dang, that'd be hard. Um, but he was telling me yesterday. I was like, "Hey, you know, how's uh, how's it been? You know, you've been back for about like two or three weeks now. How's yeah. how's all that going for you?" Yeah. He said, "Well, I've got a handful of classes that are okay. Mm-hmm. Like one that's doable. Like a couple, maybe rotten apples." And he said, "My last class of the day is just a nightmare. It's brutal because." I don't think kids are supposed to probably be doing stuff for that long. Well, let me walk you through what, he, what he explained to me. So, so they so they teach he teaches uh, English. So they're reading and whatnot, and mm-hmm. they've been tr- trying to read some like kind of gladiator book. It's you know it's older English. It's but it's like more fairy like the tale. The Odyssey. Something like that, but okay. it's at, it's at a seventh grade level. Okay. But he's got a kid and. You know, the kid, they've been reading, and they're, they have these quiet times, and they're supposed to read, like, a chapter or whatever. But the kid goes yesterday, hey, hey, teacher, teacher. I'm not going to say his name because, you know. Yeah. I'm already on chapter 33. Dang. Like, I, I went way ahead. I'm already on chapter 33. And he's like, Toby, you're that's page 33. Oh, you, you no. He, oh, said he, no. He, he said he had oh, to take... No. Oh, no. Ten minutes out of his lesson plan to explain to half the room that the page number... It's not the chapter. And the chapter numbers are different things. These kids just didn't know. That's seventh grade, Tom. Oh, God. How do they not know that? I said, you're you're lying. He's doing a (laughs) bit. He goes, no, no. (laughs) Some of these kids just don't know how to do it. So some of them are reading down to like... A fifth grade, fourth grade level right now. He said it's just Dang. insane how far behind some of them are. Because of this whole COVID thing and all that? Yeah, that could be it, yeah. Yeah, one part of the deal. One yeah, kid, I guess math is not a big deal. The language, learning how to write, forget it. One kid just refuses to wear shoes every day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he, sa- he said, like, like he, he comes in not wearing <laughs> shoes. He has socks and shoes in his hand, just doesn't wear them. He'll sit down at his desk. And then he's like, hey, can you, Tyler, can you put your shoes on? He goes, I don't really feel like it. And then he's like, I don't know what to do because I can't keep sending him out every day. The kid just doesn't wear shoes or socks the entire school day. Why have people gotten so weird? I mean, seriously, people are nuts now. I can't imagine trying to teach in that environment. Oh, God, no. I would, like, 
Oh my god. And I know that sounds made up, but he, I I know this this gentleman. This guy, why would he make this up? Th that's too odd to make up. It's right? too it's odd true. to make yes. up. Ugh, so weird. But yeah, I would not want to be a teacher right now with just how far behind and odd people are after doing school from home for like a year and a half. And then and nowadays too, it's like as soon as things, if you have a snow day, <clears> you <throat> have to have things set up to jump on Zoom and do uh, remote schooling. So there is no like, hey, where somebody is sick or this or that, you have remote schooling mm -hmm. immediately in a place. Do you know how hard it is to have a backup in place? I mean, imagine if they're like, hey guys, we have to have five backups in place for this show. Like, it would be, it's impossible to pivot that hard. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Being a teacher would be so hard right now. I don't envy them, that's I don't for sure. envy them, it's a hard job. It's a hard job, period, but you add like the disciplinary and the how far behind everybody is. It's got to be exhausting. I'm just thinking about the nuns at St. Joe's oh and St. Anne's. Oh, God. I don't feel like wearing shoes. Oh, really? You feel like uh, going to meet God? You feel like going to heaven? You feel like meeting God early? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Say hi to some of the saints for me, bro, when you black out from this beating I give you. Did he ever discuss why he didn't want to wear his shoes? If he, he just said uh, he, he didn't want to pry it in, in too much because... It's just such a weird thing to wrap your head around. Yeah, yeah I suppose, but it's just yeah. like less is more knowing about some people. Um, I feel like you gotta go go. Hey, have you heard of Crocs? Like, do the bare minimum: a flip flop, maybe, maybe have a flip flop in your yeah. locker ready yeah. to rock. Like, it's very the amount of shoe that you need for inch of foot is very minimal. If you if you, <laughs> yes. if you really figure it out. My favorite one. My favorite one out of like the three antidotes that he told me about his first three weeks. He has one kid in this last class, so this, everything is piling up. Yeah. But one kid that is relentlessly sniffing markers the entire class. <laughs> like, I get it. And it, I get that one. He said earlier in the week he like pulled him back, you know, to his desk. And he was like, "Hey, dude, I, we really need you to stop. We really need you to stop and doing that." He said the entire time he's like having a private conversation in the back corner. The kids <laughs> just like looking around the room. Oh, and God. Oh my God. I was like, what is happening? It is a really weird thing to think about this, that they invented those smelly good, those good smelly markers and how we'd sit and just sniff on them for hours, just loving them. Like that was one of those inventions where you go, that was not needed in our life. Oh no, the cops are here. Nice. <sighs> Hey, you're right on time, 902. Yeah. Damn disaster, how about that? It'll be fine, don't worry <laughs> about it. We're just talking about kids uh, not wanting to wear shoes at school and there's nothing they can do about it, and it's just like, Jesus. I, I, I cannot imagine going to school at St. Anne's or St. Joseph's and saying, no, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. Yeah, are they on? Yeah, no. And turned up? Can you handle this they're or on. not? And they're turned they're, up? They're dead, yeah. It's a disaster. Oh, there's some new ones They're over dead. here. Here we go. Thank you, sir. I'll take those charts. Oh, are you going to get involved and mess up everything? Typical. Typical. <clears throat> Much better. They actually <clears throat> work. <clears throat> See, we got you covered. Don't fact, worry about a thing. It's not like they couldn't hear you. I mean, they could hear you coming down the hallway, but. Oh, you mean. <laughs> hey, Tom, what's going on? I know. It's really You're nice. welcome. You and Sansevier. Oh. I know, we're loud. You are loud people. There's no question about it. Uh, I got to ask you guys a question about this. We were talking about, you know, and I, uh, we're, all this stuff. I having nightmares about it and all the rest of it. Um, what are we going to do about the filth of our politicians in this country? 
<laughs> I, you know, I look at the two guys, and again, I, you want to vote for either one of them, it's your business, but to me, both Trump and Biden seem like the exact same person doing the exact same things, and it's all about making money. This guy's, you know, I don't know if either one of them committed a crime or not, but whatever. But now here's another one. It's happening like twice a week now. U.S. Senator Bob Mendez of New Jersey and his wife have been indicted on charges of bribery. Oh, for Is there anybody left in national politics that's not a filthy, money-grubbing pig? I don't think so. They're, these people, all they're just there for the money. They don't care about anything else, but they don't care about you. No, it's like, all about them. Get my name out there and I'll steal, I mean, make <laughs> a lot of money. Federal prosecutors on Friday announced the charges against 69-year-old Democrat nearly six years after an earlier criminal case against him ended with a deadlock jury. The latest indictment is unrelated to the uh, earlier charges, so he went and did it again? Wow. Jesus. That's, that's when you know you've got a problem when you don't learn from the first time. You, you know? got that right. Uh, the latest indictment is unrelated to the earlier charges that allegedly uh, alleged that Menendez accepted lavish gifts to pressure government officials on behalf of a Florida doctor. Seriously, is there anything about you that you missed the part about when you do, you're a public servant, you're supposed to serve the public? I mean, did you miss that? That's not that's not how it works anymore, <clears throat> unfortunately. I just saw that. I was looking at other stories, and I went, God, another another U.S. senator has been indicted. I, I just, Jesus, they're just so filthy. Every one of them. It just seems like yep. it is every one of them, doesn't yep, it? Yeah, it does, because <clears throat> if you dig hard enough, you'll find where they took something from somebody for something. Yeah, no question about it. I, I really wish it just, I don't know. I did get a pretty good, and again, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't know Senator Menendez, U.S. Senator Menendez, whatever the situation is. I don't. I'm not going to vote for either Biden or Trump, so, I mean, I'm not involved in that battle either. But I just, could anybody just be decent about this and not be in it for the money? Yeah, I don't think so. Not going to happen? I don't think so. I not, the way, not the way we are, not the way we're going now. I guess. But it's heartbreaking to me, because when I was a kid, it was a very, very big deal to take, you know, the history classes and mm-hmm. government classes. I was fascinated by how the whole system was set up. I do think the huge mistake they made, there needs to be term limits on every national office, every one of them. These people that are in there for the rest of their lives, no, I'm sorry, no, 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 we're not doing that. Yeah. Uh, it, it, just like the presidency, they need to put term limits in there. I would agree. They're taking advantage of us. I don't, know, I don't know that you'd get people to run very maybe not. often, but at least maybe if they know they have a shot at it now, all of a sudden maybe they'll start. I don't know. But I just, I'm really getting tired of reading, and it's every day some United States national public figure, uh, supposed to be a politician, whatever, mm-hmm. is getting indicted now. It's every week, for Christ's sake. It's, yeah. Uh, it, that just makes me sad. I'm very proud to be an American, and now we're like every other shithole on the planet. Oh, <laughs> God. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Whatever. So what's the, what's the latest? Anything new? Yeah. Just got done with honor guard camp. My so my my big legs are actually bigger. They're pretty much swollen. Thirty, pretty close to thirty thousand steps a day for the last Ooh, week. See, oh, so you word. had to get off your ass, really? Oh my gosh, it was horrible. <laughs> You're telling that guy that he needs to get off his butt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Look at him; he's the size of a mountain. 
He is, but those are the best guys to insult. You know what I mean? As long as he's insulting me, I know I'm on the good side. We're yeah, all no, good. That's exactly it, isn't it? That's, a, that's very, very true. But I don't know. I, I just uh, I'll move on from it. But it's just so disappointing. These people are supposed to be serving us, and all they're doing is stealing money from us. Yep. That's so sad. It's horrible. It's sad. It's sad. It's just, I don't know. And, you know, I didn't single that out because the guy's a Democrat either. It's just that that was the lead story in the Star Tribune this morning. Well, it's funny that it's in the Star Tribune and they're reporting on it. Well, probably. But thank God, tip of the cap to them for reporting it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know, there's another story. Speaking of Democrats, Representative Omar leading an attempt to create federally uh, a federal office for missing and murdered black women and girls. How would you create a federal office for that? Well, I think, honestly, I bet you they're one of the more exploited. Um, oh, I don't think there's any question about that. But, but yeah. as a cop, you would know that. Yeah. And where I grew up, I would know that. But yeah. most people, I don't think, know that. No. I, I, I don't know. I just, do, you, do we need it federally? Maybe? Yeah, maybe. It might but. be time. I just don't understand why it is that they just, they are. Black women get ex- exploited all, all, all constantly. The time. And. I guess where was I going? Where was I going with this? Um, you know, like I said, they're probably the most exploited. And as I'm for anything that protects anyone, as long as it actually protects them, it's not yeah. just a front for something else. For somebody else to make money. Exactly. <laughs> Here's that full circle thing. We come right back around yeah, exactly to making money. Right. Bad in my pocket. Oh uh, well, we'll get through it. I, I blame basically Britney's generation. It's their fault. Shocking well, that you want to blame millennials. Shocking <laughs> how that works out. Here's the sad part: is my generation made the millennials the millennials, and yours made the Gen Xers the Gen Xers. That's true. <laughs> and well, the he, greatest generation just dropped the ball. That's all I'm saying. His kids are millennials. Yeah, yeah they are. My kids are millennials. Yeah. As I'm saying, yeah, like, Tom, Tom waited a little longer to have kids before I did. So. I did. I, I waited. There's so no he's question. also the problem for making well, probably. millennials. Yeah. So don't, don't forget that, sir. I just ran across a headline, and I know we only got about five, six minutes here before we're going to be uh, taking up for the rest of the day. So I just want to get. You guys ever heard of Kid Can Blumenfeld? Mm-mm, no. Never heard of him? Mm-mm. His real name was Isidore Blumenfeld. He was a North Side guy, and the headline is very accurate. You ready? Have you ever heard of him? Never heard of him. Really? A cop that's hang never on. heard of Kid Can. Here we go. I'm hanging on. He's I'm hanging ready. on. How Kid Can <laughs> became Minneapolis's most famous gangster. Isidore Blumenfeld rode prohibition to wealth and influence in the city. I cannot wait to read this story. I'm not going to take up all your time uh, talking about it here. But there was a guy, my, my oldest brother, Terry, uh, when he was a teenager, used to deal card games for Kid Can. Uh, Kid Can was a very famous gangster, and he was a gangster. This is not just a name they're throwing at him. Uh, the mob in the state of Minnesota was not Italian. It was Jewish. And people, I don't know if people know that. Well, there's a book that came out. And that guy was a really nice guy. I had him on the show a couple times. I don't remember his name, but the book's easy to remember because the name of the book is Tough Jews, <laughs> which I thought was a great Spider, name. Spider, I'll take a cutty water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, my God, they got a picture of Kid Can in here. You know who one of Kid Can's best friends was? Mike Galfin? Well, two of them. You're getting That was pretty close, actually. His two best friends, as far as I know, uh, that was concerned, 
One of his best friends was Sid Hartman. Ooh. Sidney knew Kid Can really well. And the other one was Hubert Humphrey. Hmm. Now, Hubert Humphrey known a gangster. Why would he want to get to know a gangster? Hmm. Huh. And then Carl Polad's name kind of comes in there, too, when you're talking about tearing up the rail lines for the light rail yep. that we had at the time with streetcars. Yep. Uh, they tore it all up because those guys, from what I understand, bought the bus company. Oh. Isn't that just unbelievable? Huh. <laughs> Jesus, There's that really? politician padding pockets again. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I do not remember the streetcars. I think they tore the most up before I was like two, three years old because I don't. I remember the tracks and I remember seeing the cars, but not rolling down the, the street. But the, one of the sad things about it, I will never is that, that was about, I don't know, when it was 1955 or something when the final streetcars. Would you mind looking that up for me, Brittany? Yeah. When the final streetcars ran in the city of Minneapolis? Because Lake Street was the big one. The Lake Street line would go all the way out to Big Island on Lake Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, phenomenal. That's, that's where oh, there's a lot of history out that way. Of There's a little spot in Woodland that's called the Assembly Grounds. Well, oh, that's yeah. That's where all the people from Minneapolis had their cabins. Oh. And it was, you know, so they'd, they'd meet out there and they'd have these lavish parties yeah. and whatnot yep. at the Assembly Grounds. That's phenomenal. The last streetcar made their final ceremonial run in Minneapolis on June 19th, 1954. 54. So I thought it might have yep. been 55, but 1954. Oh. But, okay, so 1954, the last streetcar ran. Mm-hmm. I had a friend, and I won't say his name because I went to school with him, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. And his father was a shut-in. He was very, very ill, and he never, ever went the first time I met his father, he's in bed, you know, he's bedridden, the whole deal. And he goes, well, Tommy, it's nice to meet you, and, and thanks for hanging out with my son. I think it's he'd be a good influence on him, but i got to tell you guys both. Now, this is 1965, maybe 66. So he says, the one thing I want to want to say because I really I think you're good kids I think you're good for my son to hang out with but I want you to be careful and don't get hit by a streetcar <laughs> not a problem haven't been outside in a while there sir I'm like a streetcar you can actually that? make that promise and keep it I did I had why I said I will not get hit by a streetcar and I day. never did. To this day, I never got hit by a streetcar. It's a lot of <laughs> promises I can't keep, but that one I can also promise I'm not going to get hit by a streetcar. Don't you think? Because then, of course, they spent all these billions and billions and billions of dollars on the new streetcars. Well, I mean, it's the rail lines. Light rail, yeah. Light rail. But every time I go out to, like, your neighborhood or, you know, the, yeah. that huge bridge that they spent $2 billion on yep. is sitting there doing nothing. Nothing. No, and there, how did we get there? Painful. It is painful. It's another one of those things kind of shoved down our throats. I, I think. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. It's just look, and and nobody will ride it because they tell me I don't know. I've never ridden on it, but they tell me it, a lot of them aren't safe. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go on mine without my sidearm on. I. <laughs> there I've you ridden, go. I, I mean, I've been on the light rail. I feel like I'm probably the only one who's used mass transit in a long time. But I. I used it a lot when I was in Minneapolis, and it's really nice. And the thing is, if you are in a situation where you don't have 
enough resources to have a license and you can't live in the yeah, city because it's no, too expensive. Exactly. There needs to be something. Like, I agree. The bus system is terrible. When I was in Woodbury and didn't have a car, it was taking a bus. It was like a two-hour endeavor to get anywhere. Because they have to stop so much? You have is to that... stop. Not only that, okay. like there is no, like let's say I was in Woodbury and need to go to a different suburb. You have to go into the core of Minneapolis on a bus and then take a bus, like two different transfers out. So it's not like I can go from Minneapolis to Bloomington. Uh-huh. There's yeah. not like a bus that does that. So like you go to other cities like Portland and you don't need to rent a car. Right. But again, their transit was put in place prior to them expanding so much. So it's like, I know so there needs- So ours, to... unfortunately. No, I'm saying, but we didn't have a mass transit, like our you know road system, but we don't have a mass transit in place as we've grown. So it's like, there has to be something but that's what I'm saying we did until those guys tore it exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. And that's what I'm saying that, like, now we're in a position where we go, but how do we serve yep. people who need, who, I know. who can't, I mean, car, we always take for granted how expensive it is to have cars, insurance, and pay for gas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And sure. to maintain those things without getting tickets, without getting your license taken away. And if you get in that cycle, I mean, you're a police officer, you've seen people stuck in that cycle of, yep. do I drive illegally to go to work? So I can make money to someday to pay, pay my, my tickets, yeah, exactly. to pay my bills, to feed my, you know. And it's just like, there has to be something that exists. And I don't know what the solution is, but at least we're trying. Yeah. No, I've caught people in that situation. They're driving to go to work. It's yeah. like, it sucks. I bet you to give them a ticket. Oh, you basically you have to because it, it's a misdemeanor. It's I know. It's not one of those things where it's like, I can look the other way, but you can't. I know. It sucks. When they're in that side, there has to be a program in place for people that get stuck in that cycle of what do I do? Like, that's where you go. I would love to be able to help people out. Mm -hmm. I, you know, there's times like that where you go, this sucks for you. I'm sorry. We have to take a break. We've got a bunch of people coming up. Matter of fact, Tim Lammersby on at 9.50, Doug Sprinthal, 9.45, Jeff Passolt, 9.30, but Kent Herbeck is up next. You all have helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, the Giza Sheets, MyPillow 2.0, and more. Great news, the MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. The proprietary uh, technology makes them extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel that you and I look for in a towel. The set comes two bath towels, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98, and for a limited time, you can get the six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code TOM. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com, use promo code TOM to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. That is just $39.99 for a set. This deal will not last long. Enter promo code TOM for this special and many more. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and North American Banking Company founder, chairman, and president, Mike Bilski. I've advertised on Tom's show for years, and the reason is simple. My business is recognized because of the ads, and that recognition has created growth. What business doesn't want to grow? I highly recommend the Tom Bernard Morning Show for your advertising. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington, and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. 
There's Killaroo Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killabrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids. A cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killabrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This summer, enjoy the one Killabrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Your family will love Minnesota-made Killabrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Then cheer on the fun. Take it from me, Ken Herbeck, Killabrew. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Do you know the secret to losing up to one pound of fat every day? Hi, I'm Dr. Adam Schatzko with MNFatLoss.com, and I know the secret. Our unique weight loss program makes it easy to lose weight, get healthy, and get your energy back naturally, safely, and effectively. If you'd like to lose unhealthy fat without counting points, no exercising, no prepackaged meals, no surgery, and no hypnosis, go online to mnfatloss.com. A reset like mnfatloss.com could be the answer for you just like it has been for me. I'm not hungry. I don't crave carbs or sugar. If you want to find out the secret to losing 20 to 30 pounds in just eight weeks, that's about a pound of fat every day, no exercise required. Be sure to tell the team at mnfatloss.com that Tom Bernard sent you. Many patients lose 20 to 30 pounds in about a month or two. For your free private weight loss consultation, call 763-312-7600 or schedule online at mnfatloss.com. That's mnfatloss.com. Dr. Adam Schatzko, D.C. Results may vary. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest-growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, 921, now 21 minutes after 9 o'clock. Minnesota legend Ken Herbeck Sports is brought to you exclusively by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Mr. Herbeck, I, I held off all day. I have not looked. I wanted to wait until you were on the show. <laughs> did the Twins lock it up while on a break yesterday, or did uh, Cleveland win? Cleveland won, and Detroit won. And Detroit. Both. Really? Yeah, Detroit is in the mix now, too, apparently. Detroit's in the mix. So we're, we're still a half a game away from locking it up, though, correct? Right, yeah. We, we have to win one, or Cleveland has to lose one. Yeah. Right. Right. Or if, if we lose the rest of the way out and Cleveland and Detroit both win the rest of the way out, then we're out of it. But, no, we got nine games left and we have to win one game. Uh, I, I got a feeling they'll be able to do it, I hope. <laughs> They're going to pull that one off, are they? I'm, I'm going to bet the phone. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty amazing. It, Kent, am I wrong because you were on the team, so maybe from looking from the inside out is different, but – there are things about this team that remind me a lot about 1987. Looks like they were great. Then they were not that great. And then they were great again. I, do you see similarities in these two teams? Um, boy, I guess I, 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 the similarities, I guess, are, are the up and down play, I guess. Yep. Because uh, we, we stunk, uh, we stunk uh, on the road um, back in 87, and we couldn't lose at home for some reason. But... Uh, 
you know, and then our 87 team was a bunch of young guys that came up from the the organization. I think this is probably a little different, although they got a few guys that, um, young guys that are kind of late on in the season here that have come up uh, uh, with the team. But, uh, yeah, we kind of grew together as a team back in 87. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all started out probably in 82, 81, maybe even 82. Went through the hard times together and kind of developed into a team, uh, a championship team in 87 but uh yeah i mean they've they've played up and down um they've uh, boy this team here they, they've been playing their best baseball of late mm-hmm. um, yep i think they've probably had the most consistent um last maybe two weeks three weeks than they have all year they, they've seen like they've played a lot better baseball which is good good to see this time of year well and i'll tell you what another thing that reminds me of 87 of those two pitchers because back in 87, man, if it wasn't for those two two pitchers, you guys, I don't know what you would have done, but that's another thing that reminds me a lot about that 87 season. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Bert and Frankie back then. Yep. Um, but, you know, we had Juani Berenger was tremendous in the bullpen. And yep. so was Jeff Rear. So we had, yep. uh, we had some, some, good, some great bullpen help along with Keith Atherton. Um, People don't remember Keith Atherton. Um, but, yeah, um, I think this team probably has a better pitching staff. They seem a lot deeper. They have more starters that have done well. Yeah. Uh, pitching pitching pretty good in the games. Uh, it's so hard to compare pitchers from back then to now because, as we know, they don't uh, – if they get their five innings in, that's considered great, where if you pitch five innings back in the day when we were playing or I was playing uh, – that wasn't a very good start for you. Yeah, <laughs> now well. would say, uh, "Oh, you won five innings. Great job." Now, back then, if you won five innings, it was like, "Oh man, well, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> well, the big difference now, of course, is, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you about this from a, a hitter's uh, standpoint. Uh, difference between then and now is that there were one or two guys back then that could throw over 100 miles an hour and the rest of them couldn't, so you're not working your arm as hard as they are now. And the other part of that question I want to ask you, if that speed gets any to be any higher than 104 miles an hour, aren't they going to have to back up the mound? <laughs> I mean, honest to God, these guys got no chance. Yeah, it's kind of like the golf course, I guess. Yeah, they keep juicing the baseballs or the golf balls up, and you got to move the golf course past them over here. They have to move the – yeah, because these guys seem to be throwing – I mean, everybody's got somebody on their team now that throws 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Or, I mean, they're you're lucky to – it all depends on which machine they're using, I guess, and this and the, which, which jugs machine they called it, I guess, back when I was playing. Uh, you know, Nolan Ryan would touch 100 miles an hour once in a while. Yeah. Yep. These guys throw 100 miles an hour, and they're, they're throwing 97-mile-an-hour sinkers, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable, Kent. Watching uh, so I don't if it's all the same or, or, you know, they've done some studies on where they were measuring the baseball back in the day, and now they've measured a different spot. I don't know. Um, if a guy throws that hard, um, I'm out. I'm not going to be able to hit the guy, but uh, I can't see him. I don't know how much harder the ball is actually being thrown than, you know, than Roger Clemens threw it when I played. Is it is it going that much faster? Uh, five, six, seven, eight miles an hour faster than what Roger Clemens? I don't know. Oh God! 
I mean, the movement on it is unbelievable. Uh, I, I tip of the cap to Major League Baseball. First of all, I've always thought this that hitting a baseball in Major League Baseball is one hell of a feat, man. Oh, I don't yeah. think the average person knows just how much talent you have to have to even do that. Do you think they know that, Kent? Well, I, I've always said, you know, that, that I grew up doing it as a kid and kind of stayed with it. And, and when you start, you know, becoming a, a player or somebody that that's going to be your dream to do is play baseball, and you you uh, you work at it, you do it every day, you see a thousand pitches a day in the batting cage, uh, and then you put me in front of a typewriter and have me type. I I got no clue. I can't <laughs> type. I'm I, I know the feeling, Kent. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's the, it's a thing where you. Of course, your eyes have to be good. I think they always say, you know, baseball players' eyes are are better. But it's a mm-hmm. it's a learned thing. You you do it so many times, you get somewhat good at it. Hopefully, um, maybe someday I'll be a good typer. I don't know if I ever practice, but yeah, it, it's definitely what they say. One of the hardest things to do. Um, oh yeah, baseball with a round bat and you know make it go someplace. But uh, yeah, like I said, I I practiced a lot. And, I did a lot more than I'm sure everybody in the in the room there has looked at a baseball. I've done a lot more, because, and I'm better at it because I've done it a lot more than you guys have. You know, my favorite memory of hitting a uh, baseball, I will never forget it, goes up uh, in a northern suburb. We were having some cocktails, Kent. I know it's hard to believe. Shocking. But it was back in the day, Tommy might have had a few drinks, and he said, hey, let's go out to the baseball diamond right behind the bar. <laughs> let's do sports. Let's go play sports there, because there was a baseball diamond uh-huh. right behind the bar. So we're out there, and we get up there, and I'm, I'm pretty well into it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm coming to the plate. Hand-eye coordination Here we is go. on point. Here comes the pitch. Yeah. I hammer it. It okay. goes over the left field wall, and I'm like, what do you think of that action? Home run, baby. The guy says, uh, that fence is 220 feet away. This is a little league stadium. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Sir, calm down. That massive 220-foot home run that I hit. Nice. <laughs> You're pushing people around. Yes. One of my sons played high school ball and took him up to the batting cages and whatnot. And... I stood in it as the machine pitched 100 miles an hour, and it was like I just stood in the box. Oh, yeah. I didn't even want to try to swing the bat. I just I want to see what that looks like coming at you at 100 miles an hour. It is amazing. Oh my! I, I kind of peed a little. I get I get mad at my husband when I ask him to hand my keys and he throws them at me like yes, it's a toss. So I can't He's imagine mean. the ball flying at me at 100. Like no, thank you. Okay. He's mean. That's all He's I have a to monster. say. Monster. Uh, we got another guy has a, I guess he's got opinions about, you know, apparently he thinks he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Mm. Name is Jeff Passel, you know. Yeah, I hit the I hit the sack last night at about, I don't know, 10 o'clock. Oh, love that. <laughs> Great hitter. Love Great that. hitter hitting the sack, Same. baby. <laughs> that's, all, that's late for me, Jeff. I don't know. Oh, uh, I know. Well, you're up earlier than I am, so. God. That's what's going on in northern you know Wisconsin. What? Uh, yeah, well, uh, everything's good up here. The weather incredible the last couple of days. Yes, I'm sure yep. you guys have uh, much of the same too. So, doesn't feel like uh, uh, baseball playoff weather, but another week it will. <laughs> <laughs> Not sitting up in the stands, freezing your butt off. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they clinch a spot. 
um, we'll get a we'll get a taste of that hopefully as we go into October sometime. Hopefully we'll get a little uh, a change of what cold baseball is at uh, at Target Field. We haven't had that for a while. Yeah, and uh, I'm always interested to see how whoever they end up playing in the playoffs deals with the same situation uh, because, you know, a lot of these teams that are pretty decent, uh, you know, they don't have as many cold weather days as the Twins do, and I don't know if uh, that makes a difference if players get used to it, but with all the equipment they make today and, the, you know, the, the the garments you can wear, you, I you guys stay pretty warm out there, even back in the day, didn't you, Herbie? Uh, yeah, because we were in the dome. <laughs> 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 no, <laughs> you, well, you, I, you, I, I think you have to you have to pound it in your head that that uh, you know the other team is feeling the same way as you are out there on the field. I mean, you know, as a high school player myself, I remember we started in. I don't know what if it was March. I think we started out in the uh, at Bloomington Kennedy High School. We started playing ball, and and uh, you know there was still snow out in left field uh, along the <laughs> snow fence, uh, right. and we we were still out there playing ball uh, with all kinds of jackets on and hats and gloves and everything. But we were still playing ball. We didn't care. It was baseball time. Yeah. Well, you guys, when you uh, went on the road at uh, Detroit that first ALCS in 87 that was some chilly weather there I remember I remember that yep yep it was a little cool it was uh but then again you have to remember you know they're experiencing the same thing it's kind of uh, right if they're gonna be out here I guess we have to be out here too let's go get them and you pretty much forget about it it's for the guys sitting on the bench that are watching the game yeah um, that have to maybe come in and, and pinch hit or, or pinch run or, or go take a place in the field or, you know, one of the pitchers out in the bullpen to try to keep yourself warm and ready to play the game and all of a sudden, boom, you need to get out there and you need to get loose and all that kind of stuff. But while you're playing the game and you get going during the game, you know, the first inning might be a little cool, but once you get going and the, the adrenaline's firing and, and you're into the game, um, you really don't, you really don't uh, think about the cold at that time. That's kind of the last thing you think about, I suppose. You mentioned pinch hitting, and now uh, Buxton uh, back playing with the Saints last night. Went one for four. Uh, two strikeouts. I don't know if that's significant or not. Uh, he had an RBI. Um, <laughs> <Starts> laughing. <laughs> that's right. But, I mean, at least, at least he's back on the field. And then, I mean, how can the Twins use him? Let's say if it is chilly. And the guy's on the bench. I mean, he's got knee issues. Uh, you certainly hope he could pinch hit, pinch run, maybe. Right. How do you see it? I don't know. They, they, uh, you know, they've got a little runway back behind their dugout that guys warm up in, and I'm sure they'll have the heat blasting on the dugout seats and all that kind of stuff that, that keeps it warm in the dugout. It's a little different than than sitting in Detroit at Old Tiger Stadium. You'd be sitting on a hard cold bench here they got it all warm and everything for him but no getting getting him warm and getting him ready uh you know what they've been playing their best baseball without byron buxton in the lineup which kind of sounds sad but uh you think it'd be a great addition to have him in there and when byron is playing and playing well uh there's nobody better but uh, he, he he's had issues with getting the uh, not only hurt, but, you know, having some big swings where 
where he doesn't make any contact, striking out a lot. And who knows if that's been caused by injury or he's not feeling well or what. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, the thing is, this Lewis thing and, and uh, Correa being hurt, um, hopefully we got nine days here to get those guys rested up a little bit. And then, again, you, can, you just can't come right back in after not playing for ten days and say, okay, I'm going to be back in my best again. you got to kind of work your way into it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they've got a little bit of an issue, but uh, hopefully these guys will – I say it'd be nice to have Byron Buxton back in the lineup. Uh, can he crack the lineup right now? The way the guys have been playing, there's guys that have been playing so good that um, <laughs> maybe he starts off on the bench because these guys have yeah. been playing so well. Yeah, you don't want to mess with the chemistry, I suppose. But uh, uh, at the same time, uh, the Twins are fortunate. They're the uh, they they look like they're going to be the first team to clinch their division. Uh, this year, and that gives them the opportunity to let players sit and rehab and not push it. Right, but there's a there's a fine line there too. You got to you, you still have to keep. You can't just say okay, take five days off and then come back and be ready to play. You, you gotta, there's there's some guys that need to keep playing every day. Kirby yeah. Puckett was that kind of player. Kirby needed to play every day in order to keep himself going. He. He was the kind of guy that if he missed a couple of days, he had a couple of hard hard days to come back because he just had, you know kept in the swing of things. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, some guys, you know, didn't care how much they sat out; they they they're right back at it. But uh, right, yeah, it's not that it's not. But, but it'd be nice to give him a day off here and there uh, in the nine days here. Maybe play once, get an off day, play a little, play a couple innings, you know, sit down, whatever. So just keep kind of maybe a spring training like type thing where the guy gets a couple of bats, and, right? And, uh, and I'm and, what I'm referring to though is the ability to for these guys to really do some uh, intense rehab and focus on that, uh, so they get back and aren't you know hurt again right away when they go to play. Right. Yeah, and that's hard thing with with different injuries in baseball. It's so hard to. It's so hard to come back from a little nitpicky injury because it might take five days to heal the, the injury or whatever, but you're coming back in four days and you and you re-injure that same injury uh, instead of getting, you know, you, you, it, it needs more time to, to heal, but you want to get back out there and play and you re-injure that same injury that needed more time to heal. But um, And that's the hard thing about baseball. If I had to play the 100%, uh, my whole career as a as a player, the 14 years I played, I probably would have played about two years. Something was hurting me all the time. I mean, sure. you went out there and you played, you played through a lot of stuff. And then these guys, I'm sure, are the same way. You're never 100% out there in the field. Maybe your first day of spring training. And after spring training started, something was always hurting, whether it be a hamstring or a ankle or elbow or whatever. Uh, there's something always bothering you, and it's hard. It's hard to fix it because you're playing every day for 160 games. So, well, I have a question for you on that one, then. So, Kent, how, how when <laughs> you're to wake you up, Tommy? Okay. No, no, I was listening. To, I was learning things. I was absolutely learning things. Uh, how tall are you? How tall am I? Yeah. Uh, six four. Six four. And when you were playing first base for the Twins, how much did you weigh? How much did I weigh? Yeah. I started out probably weighing about 200 pounds. I finished my career at like 250-something. Yeah, so uh, an excellent athlete. That's all we're saying, right? So basically you were always hurt every day. 
you're the only guy I know, 6'4", that weighed 240 that could do the splits. So shut up. Yeah. Quit your grind. <laughs> Quit your whining. <laughs> I will never forget a guy your size and when you would do the full-on splits to get out of ball. Kent, that was one of the great joys of baseball for me, I will tell you yeah. that. Well, it wasn't wasn't a great joy to my friends who were doing the splits with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I had no idea. I had no idea I could do it either until I started playing first base and started doing the stretch for it. Yay. I just happened to, just happened to stretch. Oh, that can be a rough realization right there. I'm not uh, kidding you. To watch a man that big do that, yeah. it was like, whoa. Dang. And Kent, you got to more baseballs that guys wouldn't yeah. get to. Yep. I mean, you made Well, I appreciate that. that. You you had you had great infielders with you too, but you made them look pretty good sometimes. You know, <laughs> but the way they you catch a ball, yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, it, it goes both ways. Uh, and uh, of course, uh, you know the whole Ron Gant thing. He fell off the bag. <laughs> yeah, had <laughs> a boy, Jeffy. <laughs> Had a boy, Jeffy. Honest to God. Uh, well, and the other thing about it, what a team player. Because I don't know how many years it was. A long time, though. That you know, again, at six four, two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds, having to carry Laudner every game could not have been easy. God, that could hurt your back. Now wait a minute, Laudner's the one that carried me because he, if I did get hurt or something, he was out playing first base for me. That's dead, true. So. That's right. So Laudner always had my back. He was uh, always uh, he, he was there for me. Jimmy was hunting? always there for me. Yep. Are you guys you, you guys hunting yet at all? Not yet. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. We're waiting for a little later on in the year here to, to get going. Or well, there's nothing really open up. I'm, I quit duck hunting. I haven't been duck hunting for a long time. Uh, I'm chasing the the wily ringneck is what I go out. And those are fun. To, those are fun to hump hump after. Whoa, I love doing whoa, that. Whoa, hump. Hey, no. hump. Because you're humping, hey, you're yeah. humping through the swamps yeah, the, and the, the weeds. The pause and... there was what really made it oh, awkward. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing when you're hunting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the hell you got what going, the heck man? Are you a... yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's just going to be so exciting to see those twins back and, the, and they got to win just one more game to get it done. And, and I, can't am I wrong? I'm kind of looking back at 87. There are comparisons, don't you think? Right, yeah, they're you know they're just up and down baseball that they've played. We've talked about mm-hmm. it every stinking Friday on this show. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, we have. We this have. is true. It's, true. it's it's you know <laughs> get all excited about how they're playing, and they they uh, and then the next three games they play and they play like crap. And it's like okay, it's Friday. We got to talk about the team, and they just played like crap. It's like oh geez, they just played like crap. And then the next there's. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, they play great. Uh, it's like, oh, geez, they turned it around. Um, but it's like I said, it seems the last couple of weeks, even two, three weeks, they've been playing their best baseball, and they got to continue that now when it comes into the playoffs here. And, and uh, again, keep everybody healthy. Um, keep going out there and having fun and play the game hard and stay healthy. And, you know, hopefully things go good for us. I'm, I'm excited to see the guys in the playoffs. It'll be fun to see that atmosphere at Target Field. And we haven't experienced it for a while. So let's have some fun at the ballpark. Let's get a win. I love it. Now, close with yeah. this. One more Tim Laudner comment. I love Tim Laudner, but I'm still pissed off at him. From about 15 years ago, we were golfing at Golden Valley Country Club. Hole number nine, 360-yard par four. 
I tee off. I hit a beautiful drive. I'm about 100, 100 yards out. So I hit it about 260, right? And I'm all yep. cocky. And, oh, you know, I hit that great. I took my driver out and showed you how to do it. Laudner pulls out a two-iron, hits it about 20 yards from the green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tim. I feel much can, better now. He can hit a there golf ball. I had, I had him play in, a, in oh, yeah. a tournament with a bunch of St. Louis Park guys, my old high school buddies, and they had the long drive. They used to do this thing over at Keller Golf Course. Uh, I don't know. Tom, you might have been there one time, too. Oh, yeah. But yep. anyhow, uh, one of my high school buddies could hit it pretty far, so... He's in the group right in front of us, and on the long drive hole, he puts his name on that uh, marker, and he's got it stuck out there in the middle of the fairway. And now he's looking back from the green at us, and Laudner tees off, and he loves telling the story still today because Laudner didn't even slow down in the golf cart to pick up that marker. He got it on the fly and went about another 50 yards. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Thanks, boys. Another great report on a Friday. And when we talk next Friday, we're going to be talking playoffs. Yeah, hopefully we're talking uh, when they're going to play and who they're going to play. We don't know that yet either. But it should be a fun weekend at the ballpark. Get out there and enjoy it, folks. Enjoy it with the Twins and let's cheer them on. Yeah, the weather looks great. And plus, being able to talk baseball means we don't have to talk about the Vikings fumbling the ball and turning it over. That's a good point. There's no question about it. Let me say this in closing. Uh, Jeff Passold filled in for Phil and Judd for the last two weeks. Pass, just to get a legend like you on the show, and I know, I mean, we've been dear friends. Well, you are, man. (laughs) I don't care what you think. Everybody likes you. Everybody considers you to be one of the best of all time. And I I consider you a legend, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm glad that people like me. How about that? Well, I don't, but everybody else. I've been yeah, using well. your name as a quote co-worker <laughs> to get into things for so long, Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> You're a legend in my eyes. Hey, Brittany, a small story about that. My niece, yeah, my, yeah. my niece is at a restaurant up by us that Tom's been to before, and uh, she's in a con- Her and her boyfriend are in a conversation with some guy at the bar, and the guy says, "Well, what's your last name?" She says, Passold. He says, your uncle was on KQ? And uh, she says, yes. And the guy goes, buy those two a drink on me. See, there you go. <laughs> there you there go, you baby. Go. All right, boys, thank you. All right, Have Ken. a great weekend. Bye, you Ken. Too. Bye, Ken. Go Twins. And then go to bed. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Herbeck Sports on the Tom Bernard Morning Show was presented once again by Killer Brew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Start your next memory at your favorite grocery or convenience store today. Find a store near you at killerbrewrootbeer.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on the line Doug Sprinthal Live. He's the new GM from flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin, home of the new Mustang EB that I go everywhere in, and that's a fact. It is uh, fast, online, flagshipford.com. Dougie, what's the latest? Nice to hear Passolt on the radio. I I thought he was still in treatment. For mental illness, you mean? Yeah, but they let him make one call a day, so we just happened to be there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's exactly it. He gets one call a day, and, the, and we were it. Yep. I miss him. I I always had fun. I got to be on with him quite a few times over the years, and, and we uh, socialized a little bit from time to time. He's just sure. a great guy. He Sold is his brother indeed. Matt a car, too, a while ago. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Passel, what we used to do, Catherine and his wife and, and Jeff and I would go out for dinner, and then we'd always go to the uh, 
what's that called again when you get up and sing along with songs? Karaoke. And, ka- karaoke, yeah, there you go. We used to do that. Paso can sing. He can do impressions. He can, I mean, he does, he, very, very funny guy. But, oh, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really talented. He does a great Johnny Carson. Oh, he does a great Johnny Carson. Yeah. And the best of all time was, of course, Coachy, Coach Uncle Bernsey. <laughs> yeah. That was phenomenal. Let me tell you, kids. It was always such a, so like I hung. I had a bunch of friends that worked at Tom Reed, so I'd go there all the time. I and love Tom get Reed. Wasted, and you know he'd hang out there sometimes before games, or you know before wild games, and so I would be like, "Hey, Jeff," because you know I knew him from the cake working on the KQ Morning Show, and then my friends would. Dr- Jaws would drop on the floor because the dynamic of why are you saying hi to Jeff Passel and why is he saying hi back? Like, I was, I'm telling you, I use all of your guys' names to get things good all plan the time. With Passel, yeah. no doubt about and it. You, and it's worked so well. You're on a podcast. All right, I'm telling you guys, I'm exhausted from death gripping everyone's coattails. <laughs> You're exhausted. Mm. Just dragging that dead weight on. Dead all weight. Yeah, no. Brittany Deadweight Arneson. I like it. So, Dougie, what the hell's the latest at flagship Ford, Pally? Well, we're watching the strike thing really closely. They're sitting down and negotiating, and I don't know, I'm maybe I'm being positive. I don't think that it's going to drag on much longer with Ford because um, they negotiated them all separately. It's kind of interesting. So it hasn't affected us yet. The, the vehicles are still coming in. Ford, you know, at the beginning of the week, it looked like they were going to pull all the low uh, interest rate incentives, you know, like 3.9 and 1.9 and all that sort of stuff. We even have 0% on Mach-E Mustangs right now. Um, but they've said we're going to stay on the incentives through the end of the month and We'll see what happens. So uh, things good. Business is good. We've got a lot of great late model trades that have been coming in. For some reason, we have more used uh, Ram pickup trucks on the lot than Fords. We've got like six Rams trades in the last week or so. It's crazy. So if you're looking for uh, pickup trucks, this is farm country, and we sell a lot of them. Uh, you can see them all with uh, Carfax's vehicle history reports at flagshipford.com. If you have questions about anything, you can always reach out to me directly at DougAtFlagshipFord.com. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. That was I didn't even that wasn't even scripted. I and I didn't really mess it up too bad. No, no you really did too. not. I thought it was good. So when do you come in again for the uh, car selling secrets? Uh, well, let's do the first Thursday in October, which would be the blue. Is that like the sixth? I don't have a calendar in front of me. Yeah, that's about right. The fifth. The fifth. I have a dentist fifth. cleaning on that day as well, so I'll keep that in mind when I, you guys are doing Excellent. that. Excellent. Thanks. Um, so you just need to let, because is the time change now? No, not everything? for the podcast. Okay, so the family that starts podcast, at 10.30. Same time. What? Okay. Oh, okay. It starts at okay. 10.30? Yeah, 10.30 to 11.30, yep. Excellent. All Indeed. right, well, I will be in then. And I forgot to give you that Murray's Flyer and the Charlie's uh, Cocktail Coaster customer dropped off for you, but I, it's in my car, so I'm apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm apologizing. Shut up, Tom. All right, Dougie, we will talk to you next week. Over and out. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks a lot. See you, Dougie. Ladies and gentlemen, auto legend Doug Sprinthal from Flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin, 20 minutes east of the metro. Head to flagshipford.com. Had another guy tell me yesterday, one of my neighbors said, man, every time you pull that uh, Mustang out of your garage, I just get... Jealous as hell. I do love that car. I love that car, but I do associate it with dread because I'll pull up, especially today when I was 10 minutes late, and I pulled up and I saw your car there, and I went, 
Dang, he's already here. He's already he's here. He's gonna know I'm late today. He does a good <laughs> job, unlike me. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, dang, I didn't get away with it this time. We will be right back. We're gonna wrap things up with Timmy Lammers right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Tim Lammers brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. That's minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Timmy Lammers, how are you, sir? I'm good, Tommy. You know, I, I'm a little disappointed, though, because you referred to Passold as a sports legend, uh, uh, Sprinthal as a car legend. Where's the entertainment reporting legend? That's uh, that's in the outro. Yeah. We'll say that <laughs> when you leave, Tim. We don't want exactly. you to hear when it. You're at this Everybody's <laughs> legendary. Everyone's Nothing legendary. with the legendary Tom Bernard. <laughs> Everyone's a legend. There's no doubt about it. That's right. To be on this show, damn it. Including Officer Dave, including AJ, including Brittany. Y'all legends, damn Brittany it. Brittany didn't get to hear that. Yep. You, you, you were I just know called she a didn't. legend. I didn't want him embarrassed. She <laughs> just went, poof. Yeah. I was ready to fancy Ray in the hallway. Oh, it's fancy Ray it. out there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, you're a legend, Brittany. Just oh, want to let you know. Thanks, Tim. I, I have always felt that way about myself. <laughs> you know, I gotta tell <laughs> well, you, that you should. Doggone it. I got to tell hey, something very, very quick. There's something I've been wanting to share with you for a couple weeks now, talk. Tommy. I know you really appreciate this because this man, this entertainment legend, this songwriting legend, uh, he subscribes to the same beliefs as you and I, Tommy. Which is a rare deal in the entertainment industry. No, that is true. And we're talking about the political thing. <clears throat> Bernie Toppin has a new autobiography out. I heard about that. I can't yeah. wait to read it. I can't. Of course, Bernie is Elton John's longtime publicist. And he talks about the most effective way, the only way he can write is by telling the truth. So naturally, the interviewer from Vulture tries to interject some politics in it. Because Bernie Toppin says, you know, there's too much lying in the world. And the interviewer says, are you referring to Trump, George Santos? And Bernie Toppin answers this. I'm not going to blame one side or the other. You can say Trump. You can say Biden. They all lie. Even every time Kamala Harris opens her mouth, she usually says something stupid or lies. It's true. 100% They're cookie-cutter villains. I have no time for any of them. Love it. Love that statement. <laughs> I'm so glad you read that. Yeah, I, I mean, it is, you know what? It's so rare that you hear somebody from en- the entertainment world saying something. Oh, that's like true. That. Yeah, that is. You know, true. but Bernie, he, I don't know if you'll ever. Yeah, I think him and Elton are still going to work on albums, even though Elton is supposedly on his last tour. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, man, I was so <coughs> jazzed to read that because I love Bernie Tobin. He's my favorite lyricist. So, yeah, well, I wanted I to share that. that with you because, again, it is so incredibly rare. Not so rare as an Expendables movie. Oh, God, another one? No way they're making more. <laughs> hopefully, God, AJ, this is, or was it Dave? I mean, hopefully this is the last one. You know, look, it started in 2010. I can't believe that. And to be completely honest with you, apart from a couple things that happened in the Expendables 3, like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, get to the chopper! I can't remember a damn thing from any of those movies. Yeah. I just can't. yeah. But, but the cool part about those movies is the fact that Sylvester Stallone got all of his, uh, you know, action buddies from the 80s and the 90s to come in. You know, Jason Statham, he's been in all of them, but Bruce yeah. Willis, Mickey Rourke, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren. But the third one I thought was the best one because he got the heavy hitters for that one. He got them all in Knight, that one. 
Yeah, yeah. Wesley Snipes, Antonio Banderas, Kelsey Grammer, Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford, and of course, Mr. Get to the Choppa himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So now you got this cast that feels kind of light in comparison to that one. Uh, that last one was made nine years ago, and it's amazing it's taken this long to get this, to eke this fourth one out. But Statham's back, Dolph Lundgren is back, Randy Couture is back. But now we have Megan Fox. I love Andy Garcia. Don't get me wrong. He's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis, 50 Cent. Did I say that right? Or is it 50? How, how the hell Fitty, do you do Fitty, 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 Fitty Cent Jackson. E. And then clearly they're, they're, they're bringing in some younger international stars. So if this series keeps going, and I really hope it doesn't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're trying to pass the torch or something. They're trying to do that. But, you know, it, it, talking about, you know, uh, uh, Bernie Toppin said something about cookie cutter. I mean, this is a cookie cutter plot. This is basically the bad guy steals uh, some nuclear detonators that he's going to start setting up bombs around the world, nuclear bombs. First one near Russia, which will surely start World War Three. And that's it. I mean, that's your basic premise of Expendables 4. I mean, from there, you get the crash, boom, bang. You get a lot of bodies dropping. I will say that I really still love any sort of martial arts scene because that that's something you don't do with CGI. I mean, they're really... <laughs> They're cruising for a bruising, man. One, you know, if they're one smidgen off, somebody's going to get hit and hit hard. So I still love that sort of stuff. I think Stallone and Jason Statham, who always talks like this, he's, he's like the same thing the whole time. I still like them, but, you know, they're about the funniest guys in it. There's they're, they're some funny things, but you know what? Time to hang it up, guys. It really is time it to is, hang yeah. it up. I'm going to give this the hammer. Sadly, five out of ten is a hammer. The Lammer Hammer 4, Expendables 4. Cling. That was the hammer. Give it a four. That's, yeah, it the hammer's well. coming down hard, man. I saw, I saw Dave smack that hammer. And nice <laughs> Batman shirt, by the way. Thank you. He's got Thank a Batman point shirt. That out. I am a nerd, yes. A fellow nerd. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm a superhero nerd and, a, as you can tell my background, a monster movie nerd. Yep. So, anybody have any desire to see The Expendables 4? When it comes out on television, I might watch it. Is that a problem if I haven't seen one through three? <laughs> Not really. Not really. I mean, there are a bunch of gu- they're mercenaries, elite mercenaries who work for the government. A CIA guy, played by uh, Andy Garcia in this case, has a special job for them. But it's just, you know, the same thing, man. I mean, I, I think whenever the hell this... Well, the writer's strike might be getting close to being settled, but the actors, it's like, let's forbid sequels, okay? Write that in the contract. Original ideas, folks. I when mean, was the last original idea, this... What's that? When was the last original idea? Oh, my God. It's just the same thing. Now, that's not to say that movies, and I don't think you've seen this, Tom, at least the last time we talked about it. You haven't seen John Wick 4 yet, have you? I have not. I've watched about 10 minutes of it, and I just do not have three hours he's to never, watch a movie. He's never, he literally owns it, and he's never going to watch it. Probably yeah, you not. just Too you long. just set aside an hour and a half for each one, because yeah, that is yeah, it's a good for, idea. For, for, for two parts, um, because that is one that you have to watch all the way to the very end. Well, you, you get forwarded to the end, but there is a scene at the very, very end that you okay. see. But uh, it, it really does 
elevate things. I mean, it takes it to the next level. It is the ultimate John Wick tale. Now, next week, I haven't seen it yet because it premieres today, but on Peacock, there is the Continental, which is a John Wick spinoff series about the hotel that Winston owned, except for I think it takes place long before John Wick. Mm-hmm. But Mel Gibson, I know, is in that one. Uh, so we'll talk about that next week. But uh, we're really not going to, you know, Keanu said, you know, I'm done with the the John Wick stuff after four. So I think you should really see this. I mean, money talks. This one made a lot of money. So I, I could see a five coming. Yeah. But uh I think four is a brilliant movie. I mean, AJ, Dave, Brittany, I don't know if you've seen the is, it, is it a problem if I haven't seen John Wick one through three? Oh, <laughs> I, I've, seen, I've seen one stuff. through three. I haven't done four, but I, I just made a plan, Tommy, and I could watch it together. <laughs> exactly. There you go. We'll there you go. I really you think go. you Marathon. should because it, it really is an entertaining movie. Again, it, it I guess you could say it forwards the story. I mean, that's the problem with... Movies like The Expendables, it's just the same damn story every time. Right. You know, right. and, you know, it's bad enough that ideas aren't original. It's just that when they come back to you with the same thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Stallone. And if you want to see something highly entertaining, and I know you've seen this, Tom, is uh, Tulsa King. Great show. Really good and, show. And it's on, it's on uh, Paramount+. Plus. It's going to come back whenever the hell things are resolved, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But... He has it, man. And the other thing is the guy is 77 years old and he is kicking ass. This guy, he's amazing. He's an amazing actor. I know some people think that maybe he has a limited range. Man, if you see Tulsa King, you're going to see just how damn funny the guy can be. No doubt. really, really good. So there you go. Expendables 4. Hammer time, baby. I know it's been a while since I've used it. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it has to come down on this uh, Expendables chapter. Timmy, we will talk to you next Tuesday. Sounds great. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you, Tim. Timmy Lammers, ladies and gentlemen, sponsored by Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers. We will be back in, uh, what, about 15 minutes with the family? There you go. We're talking. Thanks a lot.